Praise the Lord. Um, thank you, Stephen. It's a privilege just to stand here tonight and share just Jesus is all we need. You know, that's just in a nutshell, isn't it? Could it be anybody's testimony that knows the Lord tonight. Jesus is all we need. And um, just want to share with you what the Lord has done in my life. You know, the little blurb that went out, you might have seen the invite. It said, you just, you know, how God has proved himself faithful to me in times of trial as, in, as well as in times of blessing. You know, and all week, just that we sang, the children sang last Sunday night. They might as well have just sang my testimony. You know, in grief and in glory, still great is his faithfulness. You know, and then on Wednesday night at the meeting, we had Brother Maynard from Shetland. I think the last time I testified, it was actually in the Shetland Islands. And we sang the song, Following Jesus Every Day by Day. Nothing can harm me when Jesus leads the way. Darkness or sunshine, whatever befall, Jesus, my shepherd, is the, is the, my all in all, you know. So just when I knew when we sang that hymn on Wednesday night, I just knew, you know, in grief and in glory, in darkness or in sunshine, great is his faithfulness, you know. And that's just what I want to share um, about tonight. I'm going to be referring a lot to the hymn 457 in your hymn books. You probably have a hymn book handy to you, so feel free to open it. Um, I'm going to be referring to that um, because it's the hymn, as I say, we, we sang on Sunday night, following Jesus. A bit of my background. Um, I've had the blessing of being brought up in a Christian home. Both my parents love the Lord Jesus Christ and they took us to church. They sent us to Sunday school and they sent me to GB. They sent us to Bible clubs. You know, we were just brought up in the ways of God. You know, I didn't just go to one Sunday school on a Sunday. I went to three Sunday schools on a Sunday. You know, we went to the Baptist in the morning. We went to um, the Whitewell one in the afternoon and then we were up at Whitewell again in the evening. You know, you were just always in church in the in 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 bible clubs and children's clubs who we went to B, a gb every week as i mentioned and you just brought up in the ways of god we knew who god was we knew that jesus christ is lord of all we knew that he died for my sins and it was just i kind of look back now and i count it such a blessing you know and a privilege um in 19 and um October 1987 um i was taken to a gospel crusade in the king's hall in belfast and after that gospel um, crusade, Pastor McConnell was preaching um, at that. And after that uh, um, night of mission, I remember going home to our home in Larn there and asking my daddy, um, just telling my daddy that I wanted to ask Jesus into my heart. And I remember him setting me up on the kitchen bench and just praying with me. You know, I was five years old, no particular gross sin, you know, but just just as much in need of a savior as anybody else you know that that you know has you know a vile offender you know just as just as much in need of a savior at 5 years old as as anyone else and my daddy prayed with me and asked the lord jesus into my heart then no, I was probably a pretty good child. I'm the oldest of three children, probably the goody two shoes out of the three of us, you know. Um but our life was just church, you know, um Every family that we fellowshiped with, probably a lot like our boys now, you know, every family that we fellowshiped typically were believers and Christians and any outings you went, you know, day trips you went on, you were always with Christians and that was our life. And, you know, we lived in Lauren, so it was a relatively sheltered place. Um, you know, um, you know, even our family every evening at seven o'clock, I remember we had family altar time, you know, so if you're out in the streets playing with your friends, you know, seven o'clock, the call would come, Bible time, you know, and you feel like a wee bit, mm, cringe but you know that was just our life you know we were just brought around God's word and it was precious you know just to really have that you know word of God you know planted in your heart from such a young age um but I have to say you know I lived a very lukewarm 
um, outwardly Christian life throughout my early teenage years. Um, but God says to the church of the Laodiceans in Revelation 3.16, he says, So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. You know, And that was my, to my shame, that was my Christian life. It was lukewarm. Um, one of my favorite books is by a missionary called Isabel Kuhn. Um, she, she has a book called By Searching. And she talks about being on the misty flats in her walk with the Lord. And Isabel explains this a wee bit further. I'm just going to read a small extract from her book. She says this. At the end of my walk home, I came to the conclusion that I would henceforth accept no theories of life, which I had not proved personally. And quite ignorant of where that attitude would leave me, I had unconsciously stepped off the highway where man walks with his face lifted Godward and the pure, piney sense of the heights call him upward onto the misty flats. It's the place, the in-between level of place of easy going, nothing very good attempted, yet nothing bad either, where men walk in the midst telling each other that no one can see things, really see things clearly. The misty flats where the in-betweeners drift to and fro, life has no end but amusement and no purpose, where the herd drift with the strongest pull and there is no reason for opposing anything. Therefore, they have a kind of peace and a mutual link which they call tolerance. I did not know that I had stepped down to the misty flats. I was just conscious of a sudden pleasant freedom from old duties. If there was no God, then why bother go to church on a Sunday, for instance? Why not use Sunday to catch up on sleep so that one could dance half the night away several times during the week? Again, if the Bible was just a record of myths and old-fashioned ideas, then why read it every morning? That took time, and it was much easier to sleep in till the very last moment, getting up just in time for the first class at university. Prayer too became silly, talking to somebody who maybe didn't exist. You know, so that's how Isabel Kuhn explains these misty flats, just a place of, I guess, meandering along, things maybe not too clear, you know, maybe starting to question, you know, is God really real? Is there a point in this? All, all of this. This was my early teens and I sort of, when I, when I read that, when I read that um, chapter in, in By Searching, that book, it just sort of really struck a chord with me. You know, that, that's, that's what my, you know, Christian, early Christian life was like. Um, but it was in August then, 1997, moving on a few years, I was sitting at a youth meeting in Whitewell, um, as was usual, every Saturday night, that's what we did. And I was sat near the very back on the right-hand side, and there's one of these fire escape signs um, just there. And I was sat right beside the fire escape. Wasn't particularly listening to the message, but as clear as crystal, God reminded me of the scripture, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, that word neglect means to disregard, to ignore, to overlook, to pass over without giving due attention. Neglect implies giving insufficient attention to something that merits my attention. This was my Christian life. It was neglected. How would I escape if I neglected so great a salvation? And as clear as crystal, it was like the Lord said to me, there are no fire escapes in hell. You know, that was a very sobering thought to me that night. I just knew I had to get my life right with the Lord. You know, reading that verse in context from Hebrews, it says in verse 1 there, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. 
I had neglected to give earnest heed to my convictions and my salvation. So that night, I repented to my Saviour and dedicated my life afresh to him in August 97. Praise the Lord. Does that mean that ever since that moment, I've given earnest attention to detail to everything God you know, has told me through his word? I wish that were so. But as it says in verse 3 of our hymn, 457, it says, When I would wander from the path astray, then he will lead me, draw me back into the way. In the darkest valley, I need fear no ill, for he, my shepherd, will be with me still. You know, as I mentioned, I dedicated my life then afresh to the Lord. And my late teens, you know, I just loved, we were, I was brought up in Whitewell, and we just loved to serve the Lord and take any opportunity at all to serve him. You know, we went on, I think I went on about three mission trips to Romania at one stage. I just loved going out to the orphanages there, and we, we built a playground at one of the schools. And, you know, on Saturday afternoons, I looked after the tuck shop in the Rainbow Club, you know, for children of primary school age. You know, we I was in the choir, and we loved to do outreach. There was often tent missions. You know, I just loved serving the Lord, and you just loved to be. It was never, it was never a dull thing to be in the house of God and about His work. You know, it was just really, really precious. And of course, one of my fondest memories of um, being in Whitewell, I think that's the way I had to put it, was at the age of eighteen, uh, through that Saturday afternoon Rainbow Club. Um, I met David um, at, at 18 there, and he would have been loitering around after the Rainbow Club. David would have been a... Uh, David gave... <laughs> no. <laughs> David gave um, guitar lessons to people after the Rainbow Club, so he would have been there, and I would have been at the Rainbow Club, and we just sort of um, fell in with each other, and um, say so he was giving the guitar lessons to folk, and we got to know each other, and um, lo and behold, we started going out, and then and about three months later... Um, he whisked me off to New York and we got engaged at the Statue of Liberty in New York and married the year later in Whitewell, you know, so just praise the Lord. Um, and it was through Whitewell that we met many um, of our friends, even to this day. For example, Paul Malcolmson, you may or may not know, he's a missionary now in Nebraska, but he was the best man at our wedding, you know, it's just all the different connections. Um, Uncle Davy there and, and Anne McConville, you know, they were... David was in the choir at one time. They used to be my chaperone sat either side of me in Whitewell, you know, in, in church. Um, so the day David always says to keep the vultures away. Um, but, you know, it was just three Whitewell. We had such, you know, such a blessed time there. And um, we just met many, many of our friends, as I mentioned, that we have today. And it was through um, Paul Malcolmson that we actually met Pastor Tim and Miss Nicky. And, um, yeah, we ended up just getting invited through Paul to their house one evening for supper, and we ended up meeting them. And subsequently, um, we then left Whitewell to fellowship them with Pastor Sam and Miss Patsy at their um, church for a short time, before then knowing that we both, um, David and I, had both heard the voice of the Lord through a, a, a specific portion of Scripture. It was one evening. David was in the study. I was in her bedroom, and you know, we said, what's the Lord telling you tonight? We just knew a new beginning was coming, and um, through the exactly the same verse in, in Jeremiah chapter 2, we just knew. And we had to come here then to be helps um, for Pastor Tim and Miss Nikki and um, with Lainey as well um, here to, and to start the work in Ballinahinch. That was 16 years ago. At this stage too, I was um, also working in Danske Bank. Children, cover your ears. But I absolutely hated school. I did not enjoy school at all. That's why I think now a lot the Lord has a sense of humour because I hated school. I had zero clue what I wanted to do when I left school. So at the age of 18, I applied for any job on the market and basically got a, ended up with a job in the bank. 
Um, I started in a branch called at Clockfern Corner. If anybody knows Newton Abbey area, it's just on the edge of Rathcool. So Clockfern Corner branch was known as the Wild West. Um, because basically I, I have lost count actually how many times we had our armed robberies in that branch. We were always getting raided. You just knew every other week you were due to get a raid. You know, Secure Corps would come, whatever, G4S. You were always due to get a raid. There was just an armed robbery would always happen, you know. But I have to say that's even part of my testimony too because I can honestly say, and David will tell you, you know, one thing, I never lost one night's sleep over any of that. Not one night's sleep, you know. The peace of God that passes all understanding is such a precious thing to have in your life. Not one. You know, I knew ladies that after one armed raid in the bank, they never returned to walk, they never returned to work again, you know. But to have that walk with the Lord and to have that assurance that He has everything under control, it's just such a wonderful blessing, you know. It really, really is. Of course, as well, the Lord has, um, Bless us with two sons. We have Joshua, age 12, and we have Reuben, who's six. You know, but that as well didn't come easy. Um, without its struggle. You know, before having Joshua, we did experience two miscarriages. Um, the second one was particularly tough. Um, not least, yes, we'd lost a wee baby as well, you know, but I had to go into the Royal Hospital and have a, a DNC at the time. And apparently, um, under general anaesthetic, I threw myself off the operating table, according to the surgeon. And uh, yeah, I ended up um, with back injury and off work for, for a considerable um, length of time. But as I have already said, you know, in the darkest valley, you know, even in that time, in times of great trial, I need fear no ill, for he, my shepherd, will be with me still. Other examples of times, you know, um, of much grief and trial. When Joshua, for example, was a toddler and Uncle Davy prayed it tonight, I had started experiencing a lot of headaches and dizziness. And actually, this is a part of my testimony. A couple of years ago, I actually felt to document in this little leaflet um, here. I've got a few tonight. Um, anybody's welcome to have one. It just says Christ is the great physician. I've just doc documented this to be part of my testimony in um, this little leaflet. Um, yeah, I read the extract earlier um, from by searching from it. But the, the little part I didn't read was, I would not call myself, this is Isabel Kuhn speaking, she says, I would not call myself atheist because, well, there were those early childhood answers to prayer still to be accounted for. You know, and I just really felt, you know, I had to record, you know, my testimony, you know, um, as to God's healing power in my life, you know, to serve as a record to what God has done and what he can do for others, you know, should, I mentioned this in school assembly a few weeks ago, you know, to the young teens, you know, should you ever find yourself in the misty flats? You know, we are, you know, the children are seeing miracles all around us now, you know, and I want them to experience more miracles and more of what God can do, you know, and should they ever find themselves in those misty flats, you know, I want them to be able to say, like Isabel, I can't call my, I can't deny this God because there's those early childhood answers to prayer. They're still to be accounted for things that are unexplainable, things that can only be God, you know, that they could look back and say, yes, that could only be God. I can't, you know, put that down to anything in the natural, you know, so that really was my heart. And I'll just share with you a wee bit from, from this leaflet. Um, to say it was just, uh, that was that latter sentence that, um, challenged me to make an account of the wondrous healing power of God um, as a testimony for not only for my children, for, but for others. Um, it's answers to prayer that I want them to be able to look back on should the Lord tarry and should, um, 
you know, if there is ever that shadow of doubt um, about the reality of a living God and he is almighty in every situation. You know, um, I was, as I mentioned, I had severe headaches and uh, dizziness. I actually was diagnosed then with a condition called um, idiopathic intracranial hypertension. It's a condition where there's no cause has been found. It's a serious uh, neurological condition of high pressure of fluid around the brain. Um, And I was diagnosed with this um, through several MRI scans and lumbar puncture. And I mean, daily, I would have had severe headaches, dizziness, constant swishing in this left ear. I would have had numbness in my face and my arms and my legs. I would have had slurred speech um, and struggling to find the right right words to say. That's known as asphasia. Um, And then the cerebral spinal fluid around my brain um, actually a lot would have just gushed from my nose um, and I would have had impaired vision as well. My peripheral vision had started to go. And these um, daily symptoms impacted um, my family and my work life. Um, The pain was 24-7. Painkillers didn't ease the headache and I'd taken Tramadol, you know, as often as the dosage would allow me to. The pain still wouldn't subside. The swishing in my left ear um, was probably one of the most annoying things, especially at night um, when you're trying to get to sleep. You just felt like you're your head was in like a full spin of a washing machine. It was just constant, the, sw- the, the swishing and the, and the dizziness. Um, and of course, then running around after a toddler didn't help either. Um, simple tasks like bending over to pick your child up just made you f- make you feel nauseous. Um, daily household chores became cumbersome alongside daily work in the office. In my work at that time, I actually trained um, other colleagues and stuff, you know, so I had to stand up quite often in a room in front of people. And whenever you have slurred speech and you're finding the right, you're not able to find the right words to say, you know, it's, it was just very difficult. Um, and I would often get numbness in my face and, and tingling in my legs, as I mentioned. And on this little leaflet, for anybody that wants to take it, I actually included... Um, some of the scans as well that the doctors gave me to show that I'm able to show you um, just how they, they said this is where your vision's impaired. And you can see from the wee scans that the left-hand side where all the majority of my symptoms were, that was the, that was the worst um, worst affected. Um, <clears throat> you know, I talked about this CSF fluid. I'm just thinking there. I remember one time standing in Boots in Bow Street Mall, you know, and just this big gush coming from my nose of the of the fluid that was on my brain there was just the pressure was so much there was just so much there it had to be released somehow you know and this would this would happen at the most you know conspicuous moments my neurologist is a man called Dr Forbes he was an I mean he's exceptional at his job in fact he'd be very highly regarded in his field and even brought me along sometimes as a case study and when he was training you know other students of neurology and he prescribed me the best medication he could I was taking four different tablets every day but alas the symptoms persisted he told me that I would have this condition for the rest of my life as yet there was no there's no as yet and to this day there's no cure for this condition and by this stage it had been one year already I've been suffering these daily symptoms as well as the medication lumbar puncture was another method used for pain management and this was to drain off some of the fluid from my brain um, to try and release the pressure but more often than not um, it wasn't guaranteed and whilst the neurologist was excellent at carrying out that lumbar puncture um, he couldn't alleviate then what was what's called a low pressure headache that would come after um, having a, a lumbar puncture. And I remember one such occasion, 
us driving home from Craig Avon Hospital, having had the lumbar puncture and having to ask David to stop the car several times. She'd just be at the side of the road, just vomiting. Anytime you sat up, just the pressure was so intense, it would just physically make you sick. You know, it was just, it was awful. The pressure was so intense. And I remember after that specific lumbar puncture, just 10 days lying flat out on my back, you know, not able to, able to lift my head, you know. Like literally crawling to the bathroom was literally all I could do. Otherwise, David went out to work, left me a packed lunch at the side of the bed and you know just that was that was that but God throughout all of this the family of God prayed of course more than once I was anointed with oil for healing and we continued to believe God for healing when the symptoms persisted yes faith wasn't always abounding and there was dark days too but God has always promised that he would never you know the cross would never get too heavy to carry or the road um, it, 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 you know, it wouldn't be too hard to climb. He has promised that he would never leave me or forsake me. And I can vouch that God has, you know, held true to his word. There were days that it looked bleak. I remember one service, Sister Carol's not here tonight, but I remember one service, there was open air meetings happening outside. It's just a little small platform there in the back of the hall. I couldn't even sit up or stand or anything I just lay flat on that platform and I remember sister Carol coming in and just praying just calling out to God you know just to touch me and to heal me and um, that on that wee platform you know that the Lord would raise me up to full health and strength again 18 months had now passed and um, but on Sunday the 13th of November it was I remember very well indeed this evening just like any other Sunday night gospel um, service. You wouldn't say anything particular notable happened there. Um, But there was an appeal for anyone that needed prayer at the end of that meeting. And once again, it was actually Sister Laney this time, I remember, came over and prayed with me after the service um, just to ask the Lord to heal me. And then we often had fellowship on Sunday evenings up at Auntie Lila's house um, in Dremore. Um, Sister Lila that comes to the church here and this one um, Sunday evening at the end of the night it was actually Uncle Davy and there was a few of us there as well I know Brent was there and um, a few others were there and just said you know I just really feel to pray again for for myself so I sat in the on a chair in the middle of the of the middle of Auntie Lila's living room and a brothers and sisters in the Lord just prayed for me and I do know the presence of God I do remember was all really tangible that night in Auntie Lila's living room you know not that it hadn't been before but I do know that I mean such a faith rose up that night um, just in the finished work of the cross of Calvary not um, and not just myself but other the other people that um, that were there and we just knew that you know God's divine healing would come soon well, I have to say, hallelujah, it was two days later. On Tuesday, the 15th of November, I woke up. It was a remarkable transformation. I mean, the first thing I noticed was I didn't have a headache for the first time in 19 months. I had no swishing anymore in my ear. Not one symptom did I have. I remember practically skipping down the road to the bus stop um, to go to um, to go to work. Um, I just knew God had touched me. You know, it's, it's hard to explain, you know, but... It's that he- shackled. I was shackled by a heavy burden and now it had just gone. You know, something happened and he touched me and made me whole. You know, I, he had healed me. You know, I was due to have more tests in Craig Avon Hospital on the 1st of December. Um, but this time I knew the results were going to be different. You know, two weeks passed without one symptom and I attended the hospital then for those scans. And I've put, I've put the, the after scans as well on this little leaflet. 
you can see they're completely clear. But the nurse, she printed off those scan results and she said, uh, well, the medication certainly seems to be doing its job now. And I said to her, I'm not taking the medication. I said, God healed me. And she looked at me, she was astounded. And my neurologist as well, Dr. Forbes, quite simply said he couldn't explain it. All the scans were clear, all pressure levels were normal, everything was in the, the right normal range again. All glory to God. In grief and in glory, still great is his faithfulness. Christ is the great physician. Christ is the cure for whatever you need. You know, in grief and in glory, he is faithful. He is faithful. You know, another time of grief this time, you know, that's, I see that as the glory, you know, the, the sunshiny days, you know, God brought that healing. But there's other times as well of grief, you know, I remember when my daddy di or my granny died, and my daddy's mum, you know, I have very fond memories of my, my granny a few years ago, you know, looking back, we always were with her during the school holidays. And my mum and dad were working and she became very ill. We were called one night to um, the hospital in Lorne um, to say our goodbyes to my granny and David and I went in to see her. And I remember feeling prompted to read Psalm 23 to her. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because um, this scripture was on a verse, was a, on her bedroom wall, on, a, on a, a little picture she had there. And I remembered it, I remembered seeing it any time I went to stay over with my granny. So I read to her the whole chapter of Psalm 23, just taking her hand at her bedside there in Lorne. And as I read the final word of the final verse of that chapter, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. She took her last breath. Here on earth, and without into eternity. You know, David and I just looked at each other. We knew she had gone. My dad walked into the hospital room. He'd been outside listening. We just knew that she had gone. But again, it was a tough time. It was a time of grief. You know, we, we loved my dear granny, you know. But Matthew, you know, what I'm really trying to show you is, you know, Matthew 5 um, says, He maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. But I can vouch that he gives strength to the weak. He gives oil of joy for mourning and he gives a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, um, might not seem like much. <laughs> this little cross stitch my granny had this in her wall and I probably made this for her when she was about six years when I was about six years old this little cross stitch and I found it the other day and it reminded me of a poem that the children have been learning in school um just a weaver I'm going to read just a weaver to you now you know this um little cross stitch looks lovely right now but if you see the other side I can't I couldn't get it off it's far too stuck down but if you see the other side it just wouldn't look so pretty as this picture you know and just a weaver says this my life is but a weaving between my lord and me I cannot choose the colors he worketh steadily of times he weaves sorrow and I in foolish pride forgets he sees the upper and I the underside not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives his very best to those who leave the choice to him. You know, God gives his very best to those who leave the choice to him. 
It actually says in verse 2 of our wee hymn tonight, Pastures abundant doth his hand provide, still waters flowing ever at my side. Goodness and mercy shall follow on my track with such a shepherd, nothing can I lack. You know, one of the pastures abundant, I suppose, was my, I mentioned I worked in the bank. One of the pastures abundant was probably my time in Danske Bank. I worked there for 15 years. I had a really great career in the bank. I, I worked my way up the career ladder, as it were, um, into a variety of jobs. And to be honest with you, it just, it took me all over the world in um, the job. I, I, I loved it. I even had a, a short stint of living in Copenhagen. I remember Auntie Fiona there and Miss Laney coming to visit me and um, to stay with me one time. Um, some, um, so say, um, had the pleasure of visiting me there, and I would travel, was traveling nearly every week. So, whether you're going to London or Dublin or Glasgow and, um, the Baltics and Norway, Sweden, Finland, Austria, Germany, you know, it was, it was fantastic. I, I loved, I loved my work. I did. And, um, I mean, what's not to love about, you know, six course meals sitting on the Orient Express, you know, going through the Alps, you know, it was corporate hospitality galore. And, you know, it, it was great. I loved my job. And I, I mean, I really loved it. And I made some lovely friends there that I still, still would be in touch with. And, you know, I live to work. But guess what? The Lord had other ideas, you know. The Lord has always has other ideas than what we think our paths meant to go. Isn't that right? It was actually in March 2013, this time, um, that God spoke to me. God had already been speaking to me about Christian education. Um, the vision for a Christian school in Ballinahinch through this church had been birthed in the hearts of the church. And we knew from Hebrews that by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his family. What did that mean for our family? Joshua was, was coming up to school age, come um, the September 2013. Um, but in March 2015, uh, David and I, we are, and Joshua as well, we had a trip to Donegal. And we ended up staying with Pastor Willie Dick and Evelyn. Um, there in Donegal and um, we fellowshiped at their church and ministered at their church on Lord's Day and Pastor Willie was bringing the word and just one statement in his uh, sermon just really struck me you know and really convicted me he said you get good grades in your exams what next you climb the corporate or he says you get a good job what next you climb the corporate ladder, that was me, what next? You gain all the earthly treasures, what next? You gain a great reputation, what next? You acquire a great pension pot, what next? What next? What next? What next? And then came the words of C.T. Studd, the missionary to China, only one life, twill soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last that struck me only what's done for Christ you know I loved what I did but only what's done for Christ will last oh boy that moment in that Sunday morning service I knew that I knew that I knew I had to leave my job and believe God for a Christian school here in Ballina Hinch I had zero idea what my role in 2013 would be in that school in fact, if memory serves me well, I remember seeing a prospectus at one stage. It had Lydia down as one of the teachers, Lady Laney as one of the teachers, and Miss Nikki as well. But I just knew 
I had to go and help, you know, in, in this Christian school. And um, yeah, just to help in whatever way I could. And I think David nearly had heart failure <laughs> whenever I told him that I was going to be leaving work. I think at one, well, at one stage I was probably earning, you know, twice as much as he was, you know, and of course all the questions come, how are we going to pay the bills? Or, you know, what's wrong with mainstream school? And um, what about, what about? And um, we got home as well from Donegal. And I remember phoning my daddy um, to meet him for lunch in Belfast City Centre. He worked in Belfast, I worked in Belfast. We often met up for lunch there and usually in Spires, um, conference centre, there's a wee cafe there, we always met up in there for lunch. And I remember sharing with my daddy what God had been speaking to me, and he, and he simply encouraged me to follow the voice of God, no matter the cost. And he quoted Helen Roosevelt, there really is no cost, only the privilege of serving the King of Kings. We shared with Pastor Tim and Miss Nikki the direction that God was leading me, and wisely, they told us to pray. Um, regarding um, leaving employment because I said, you know, I might know but David hadn't the peace of God yet just quite, you know, and you know, unless to be agreed, you know, we just knew we had to pray, And but praise the Lord I think it was about the August time, David just, we'd prayed and he knew, yes um, I was going to be able to leave um, my employment and I left Danske Bank then in December 2013 Pastor Tim has a sense of humor because on the day that I left the bank, he texted me Hebrews 11 verse 8. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called out, called to go out into a place, which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he went. <laughs> I honestly had no clue what I was going to do. Um, it certainly was faith and not sight. I was just trusting the Lord for a Christian school and there wasn't even one on the horizon. In fact, there was hardly any kids even came to this church. Um, I actually thought that I would leave work in this December and I would take Joshua out of primary school and just after the, um, after the Christmas term and sure, then a Christian school would be established late as February. You know, I just, that was, that was my zeal and I just believed that's what God would do. Um, but again, the Lord had other plans. Um, Isaiah 40 verse 11 says, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. You know, looking back now in my zeal, I really was probably quite naive as the Lord has so much more and still has so much more, you know, to work in me. Um, yeah, um, for those, um, I so... When I left the bank then, I ended up home educating Joshua, but we ended up home educating for six years. And we had to move house in between. I had to learn to drive. You know, there had to be actual families that were interested in Christian education as well. You know, just the few of the steps actually had to happen practically. And um, never mind the ones that had to happen spiritually in my life, you know, for that fruit of the spirit that the Lord had to grow um, in me. And Miss Nikki and I, of course, as well, had been praying privately and together. And then it was um, in November 2018, we both felt then the Lord's leading um, to establish Harmony Christian School here, just below the sanctuary here downstairs. And um, Miss Nikki had asked me then at that time as well if I had felt to lead the Christian school in, in the capacity of school principal. I was like, whoa. And, <laughs> but you know what? The Lord had already spoken to me. 
through his word, specifically through the lives of Esther and Nehemiah. You know, he had been speaking to me in those prayer times. And, you know, Esther, the children talked about Esther last week. But Esther, there was a moment in the life of Esther when she stood up and she says, you know, pray for me and fast. I'm going into the king, and if I perish, I perish. I can't stand idle when the law of death has been written over my people. Esther said, I have to take what I have and do something with it. I feel the call of God, and there's an urging, and the Holy Spirit is leading. You just can't deny it. You know, our part is that we are willing. For Nehemiah, he was called by God to do something that he wasn't trained for, but he was burdened to rebuild and willing to believe God, you know, and it might not have been a law of death written over the people, but for me, I remember just through that life of Esther, it almost felt like the things that I was hearing. I remember attending a, a Christian Institute conference in the Park Avenue Hotel. A man called John Denning was speaking just about what's coming into Christian schools, into, main, into mainstream schools, and for me at that time, it just felt like a law of death was being written over our children, you know. And I just remember thinking, oh, Lord, I have to do something with this conviction that I have. Because, you know, I just thought, you know, not on my watch, you know, is it's happening. And, um, yeah, I just knew I had to be willing to believe God for um, a Christian school on the back of that. Um, so really, Miss Nikki asking me, um, you know, just to... to to help lead the school, you know, was just confirmation. And I just knew I had to volunteer um, for the role as a school principal. But once again, pastures abundant, does his hand provide? You know, we have known such favour, not provision, I mean, from all directions. You know, we've known such favour, you know, materially, the amount of furniture and all that we got even given to us from Danske Bank just by making a phone call. You know, it's, it was remarkable. Um, we've had such favour with the Department of Education. We've had a lot of favour with the Education Authority. You know, as a non-government funded school, um, we aren't entitled to any of their training, for example, but I've been on their year-long first-time principals course, you know, and have attended their child protection and safeguarding training you know all at no expense at all to us you know it's just honestly it's just been amazing what God has done and how it's all been brought about we registered as a school in in April 2019 and the favor as well that we had with the inspectors at the time it was just incredible you know it really was to you know the top man in the inspectorate put himself on our inspection because he says there hasn't been a Christian school registered in Northern Ireland from the early 80s he says I see more of these springing up he said and I see this is really important I'm putting myself on this inspection I tell you that man was an unsafe man but he sat in the front of this he sat in this assembly watching Aunt, Uncle Andy and um, Ruth taking that assembly with Christ in the vessel we can smile at the storm and he was sitting doing the action sailing sailing home you know it was just it was just precious just to see God working even speaking to those inspectors through the children in the afternoon times to do a little role play time they sit around a little campfire and I think uh, Miss Ashley and it was Emma Gallagher at the time were doing and role play with the children and um, but the children all of them of their own bat decided oh let's just uh, sing around the campfire but of course they were singing um what was it? I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. And all the kids, of course, you're trying to encourage the kids. Why not we sing head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes or something, you know? But they were saying, no, I told Satan, get thee behind. But this man is sitting there listening to our children, you know, just full of faith and just trusting God, you know, and it's, it's just remarkable. 
um, you know, just how the Lord moves day and daily in, in the school, you know. Um, even two years down the line, we still feel like we're very much laying the foundations. It is a demanding area of ministry to be serving the Lord in, I'll not lie. <laughs> um, but we do hold um, to the promise that God has given this local church. Isaiah 58 verse 12. And they that shall be of thee shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. It is an absolute privilege. There is no cost. It's an absolute privilege to serve the Lord in Harmony Christian School. Yes, there's been days, the odd day. You know, I think life was easier back in Danska, you know. Absolutely. But you know what? See, when you're in God's perfect will for your life, you wouldn't trade that for anything else in the world. You know, he is all we need. There's nothing like knowing the peace of God and knowing I am walking in God's perfect will and I am meant to be where God has me right now. There's just, you couldn't trade that for anything, you know, even on the tough days or when there's a few bumps in the path. You know, I'm just reminded of Corey Ten Boom. She said, the tree on the mountain takes whatever the weather brings. If it has any choice at all, is it is in putting down roots as deeply as possible. You know, it's exciting to walk with the Lord. You just never know what a day is going to bring. You know, how he's going to answer another prayer. How he is going to provide. You know, what conversation you're going to have with a child that day. You know, what prayer request or praise report they're going to bring. Um, in school, you know, the children probably teach me more than I teach them. You know, it's just amazing through their simple faith and trust in Jesus. You know, it's an absolute blessing, let me tell you. Now, we're excited as well about moving into next door in the new school term and, you know, into the new extension. And it's amazing how the Lord is just adding to families to our wee Christian school you know it humbles me so much you know I just go Lord wow you know we actually have families moving into the area from Belfast from Analong because they want their children to attend Harmony Christian School I just go wow you know it just it blows my mind you know to have you know one family's looking at carried off direction one family's just moved up from Bal moved to Ballinahinch because they want their two daughters to come here from September and you go wow you know it just it just humbles me so much you know just to see the Lord at work it has been just truly truly wonderful you know so certainly the last few years have been such a time of blessing I guess you would call it the times of sunshine and the times of glory you might say you know God has been faithful but lastly I just want to share with you um probably I would say the hardest trial in my walk with the Lord and without a doubt it has been the biggest battle for my faith over the last few years it was when my you know deeply loved daddy um was promoted to glory um, four years ago in August. You know, shortly after his retirement, my dad was diagnosed with two different lung conditions, sarcoidosis and pul um, idiopathic pul pulmonary, I can say that word, fibrosis. And he eventually ended up on oxygen 24-7. But having a strong Christian faith, my daddy believed that the Lord would heal him. And I believed that the Lord would heal my daddy too, not least because of the Lord's miraculous touch in my life. You know, I just knew Christ as the healer and I believed, you know, um, that God could um, heal my daddy. Um, surely it would just be a matter of time, you know, before God would step in suddenly and, you know, it would all be, it would all be fine again, you know. But uh, there's a song, God's ways are higher than our ways. You know, I want mountains to, to move that he wants me to climb. 
and uh, my daddy's condition deteriorated and but he still believed um but he wasn't really able to leave the house anymore and but he believed that the lord would touch him and in fact there was a, a dear brother in the lord used to go to the family home every week just to pray with my dad and break bread because he wasn't able to go out to church every day because my daddy believed by his stripes I will be healed, you know. He just believed that and even when my daddy was at his weakest, he would know um, when this brother in the Lord was coming to the house, he would make sure he had enough strength for that visit just to pray and to break bread. Um, My daddy, he really was such a, a... a Barnabas, he was an encourager, you know, not just with me and the work of the Lord. He was always asking after the boys and what's happening in church and just encouraging us, encouraging us all the time, good to go on in our faith. You know, it would often be just a continuous flow of CDs of Christian music or, or sermons that had recently um, blessed him. He'd be, he'd be giving them to you on CD. He sent daily texts out to people. I'm sure there's maybe some recipients in here. Um, from other men of just quotes from other men of God or from a, a book or whatever that he was reading, you know, my daddy was the book man. He, you know, was a wonderful, godly man, um, who kept a good testimony. You know, many men stand in pulpits and preach truth, but very few have been careful and watchful over the spread and distribution of, you know, good biblical christian books all over the world and he blessed us and with such books and he blessed many folk all over the world with such books and it was all in his spare time this was all on top of his full-time job with um, belfast metropolitan college so as i say papa d we affectionately knew him as um he was unique and what was best he was my daddy um but i felt full of faith for my dad's healing to come and I know others were believing with us as well but on the 30th of August 2017 um, the master weaver just read the poem the master weaver saw it best to weave one of the dark threads in his tapestry I sat with my younger brother in that hospital room in Antrim Area Hospital in the early hours of the morning I was sitting there holding my daddy's hand Softly in the background, Brooklyn Tabernacle's ver- Brooklyn, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir's version of Psalm 23 was playing. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're on my side. Surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days. I will dwell in your house forever and bless your holy name. I don't think it was a, I don't believe it was a coincidence that it was Psalm 23 that I read to my granny as she took her last breath. And now it was Psalm 23 that's playing in the hospital room as my daddy took his last breath and went to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He was absent from his body, but present with the Lord. What glory it must have been for him, most certainly. But my family, we were plunged into grief. And for me, honestly, it has been the most difficult trial of my faith. It really has been, but I know the Lord is and will continue to bring me through stronger, you know. In grief and in glory, still great is his faithfulness. God has brought comfort um, to me, uh, you know, that mere words just couldn't describe. And yes, there's been times it's felt very raw. I'll be very honest with you. I remember an example of when... Stephen was healed. I remember Trisha's phone call. We remember the prayer meeting in the room here. I'm saying being very honest tonight, but I remember being in the room here 
and we're all praying and Trisha phoned through. There's no tumor. Everybody was rejoicing in this room, but I was standing at the back of this wee hall. I remember just slipping down the stairs and said, Lord, you, you hate Stephen. Why didn't you hate my daddy? You know, and I just, it just felt so raw at the time. In a time when we all should have been rejoicing, you know, it was hard and there was dark days, you know. I know there's been times as well, people come forward for prayer, you go to pray for people and the enemy would whisper in your ear, hath God said, can God really heal? But I thank the Lord he healed me, so I know he was the healer, I know he can, even if he saw it fit to take my daddy to glory, you know, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, so I know he can heal, so I'm just being honest with you, you know, it's been, it has been tough, you know, but the Lord, he, I mean, I haven't seen the other side of the tapestry yet, you know, but I do know there's been a purpose in it, even the fact that the books now have been all donated to Harmony Christian Books that's going to be opened up in the next few months, you know, I know there is a purpose in it, but, you know, in grief and in glory, still great is in his faithfulness. You know, it says in the wee poem, oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forgets he sees the upper and I the underside, you know, so... Yeah, I'm just thankful that I have that assurance that I'm going to see my daddy again um, in glory. You know, verse 4 says in our little hymn, When labor's ended and the journey's done, then he will lead me safely to my home. There I shall dwell in rapture sure and sweet with all the loved ones gathered round his feet. Following Jesus ever day by day, nothing can harm me when Jesus leads the way. Darkness or sunshine, Whatever befall, Jesus, my shepherd, is my all in all. You know, Jesus is my shepherd. He is my all in all. That's it in a nutshell. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. I mean, I was thinking about this today, you know. I have all I need. I have never been more blessed in all my life. That is the, the truth of the matter. You know, I have been blessed beyond measure and I receive more mercy than I ever deserved. You know, how he, that first verse says, how he has blessed me, tongue can never tell. On the cross he suffered, shed his blood and, and died that I might ever in his love confide. He's a wonderful savior, you know. He's just blessed us, blessed us as a family. Even in the last year, we have been so blessed. I mean, as Fiona always says, you couldn't write it. You couldn't write it. I remember, remember saying down to Fiona one time, we're just praying that David would get a wee job in the Ballina Hinch office, or maybe even down Patrick or Lisburn would be handier than traveling to Belfast every day. He's been working at home for the last 15 months. Honestly, God answers your prayer in a thousand different ways. And they're not looking at them going back anytime soon at all, but it's been such a blessing to our home, you know, to, you know, just for our wee family, for the home to be able to run. Obviously, I'm very busy with school and stuff, but yeah, just, it's just been really handy. It's just, I know it's been a blessing for David too, just be able to come down every day in his lunch hour and take all the kids on a daily mile walk around the town. You know, it's just, it's, it's just precious. And it really is just the, the whole dynamic has changed and we just have been so, so blessed blessed beyond measure you know tongue could never tell how much the lord has blessed this blessed this life he is an absolutely wonderful savior you know and i would encourage you tonight if you haven't given your life to the lord you know i would urge you do it tonight you know and if you do walk with the lord i just simply encourage you you know to launch out into the deep you know our redemption draweth nigh you know there's 
listen to the voice of the Lord and serve him, you know, serve him all of your days because it is an exciting thing to walk with the Lord. There's just nobody like him and just want to praise him and thank him for saving me tonight. Praise the Lord.